Hello everyone, Nate here. Before we start the show, I wanted to say as Archie and I recorded this episode of the Soprano Cast, I misrepresented what I actually set up our email for your feedback to be. The email is sopranopodcast at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, feel free to email us there. Any of your comments, any of your opinions about certain episodes, or any of any of your opinions about our opinions. Again, because I screwed it up when we were recording, it is sopranopodcast at gmail.com. Here's the show. Hello out there in listener land. It is the Soprano cast once again with Archie Mitchell and my buddy Nate Maxman. Nate, say hello. Hello, everybody. And tonight we are back with season one, episode five of The Sopranos, one of our favorite shows. In my opinion, Nate, one of the best shows HBO ever did. One of the, best, just, tele- one of the best television shows ever, period. Yeah, it, it had everything. There were comedic parts. There were sad parts. There were dramas. There were even some horror, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> and this particular episode, I was talking to Nate before we went on the air. It's not one of my favorites. This is episode five, College. Yes. Uh, where Tony and Meadow go out to look at the different colleges that Meadow is uh, putting in her transcripts for. Um, but there's also a hidden storyline, too, that I don't even think needed to make the final cut, in my opinion. And, of course, we'll get into that once we get a little deeper in the show. But Aaron Madsen, your brother, my friend, mentioned this is his favorite episode. Yes. So And it is one of my favorite episodes, um, it aired February 7th, 1999. I just wanted to throw in a little factoid here before you yes. start us on our review. I don't know if you knew this or not, but a little trivia. This show, this this particular episode of The Sopranos, when TV Guide did their list of the 100 greatest TV episodes of all time, mm-hmm. this came in at number two. The number two Greatest really? TV episode of all time, yes. So I'm, I'm hating on a piece of history, damn. Okay. Well, <laughs> again, I don't I don't hate the episode for the uh, the main storyline. I love about, that's what we, we said we loved about this show, seeing him develop his relationship with his family. Mm-hmm. But the, the hidden storyline of, well, there was a rat from 20 years ago who turned and went into the witness protection program and how Tony's got to snuff him out. It's like, when did he become a spy? You right. know what I mean? That when he's having his normal daily routine, he's got to stop what he's doing and go kill somebody. You know, that it just bothered me that we were getting such a close relationship with Meadow going, and we had to do an offshoot to, oh, this rat is sitting there up in the middle of nowhere. And I had to yeah. look just, i sorry, I had to look just because I was curious. Uh, apparently, the, the list that, they're discuss- that they talk about in my little factoid here is their list from 2009. Yeah. Okay. So about 10 um, years later. The number one, I just wanted to see what number one was. Number one right. on that list was the episode of the of Seinfeld, The Contest, if anybody knows what that episode is. That makes sense. That does yes. make sense. That is one of the better Seinfeld episodes. How long? Um, who, who, who can go longest without having sex? Right. Right. Or any sexual. Oh, wait, body. yes. Actually, yeah. Who can go? Who can go longest without masturbating? That's what it is. Right. Right. But yes, anyway, back to <laughs> back Kramer, to Sopranos. Kramer was out in one hour. He yeah. walked in, I'm out, and it was just over. But 
that's a, a story for the the Seinfeld podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do that when we maybe we'll do that one day. The Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> but the episode starts. Uh, Tony waiting outside of a college. Meadow comes out and approaches him, and immediately begins shitting on the college. She's just like, you know, it's not for me. Um, it's great, but it just doesn't have what I want. You know, uh, and he's he's like, well, what do you, what is it that you want? You know, and of course, her being, you know, a, a brain and a half, she'd like to go to India one day. She'd like to do a, a semester abroad. And Tony, being the <laughs> racist, I guess you could say, says, well, "What are you going to do in India? Learn how to yeah, have what's diarrhea." It, what's in India? Get gonorrhea <laughs> or diarrhea? Yes. Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's the the first thing you hear in the episode. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, they walk around the campus a little bit. They're, they're, you could see there's a little bit of uneasiness here, like they've never been alone without Carmelo before. Right. So they're just kind of getting to know each other, which happens with all dads and their teenage daughters. You know what I mean? You, you, you One minute they're your, your child. The next minute, they're they're basically a woman, and it's like, okay, I don't know how to talk to them anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know this little girl anymore. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so they uh, they walk around. Tony's trying to, you know, explain to her what's going on and what she needs to do with her life. Um, which again, perfect father daughter relationship. And then they get in the car, and the big question is, actually. Yes, she's out with it. She's finally going to ask Dad. And she asks him in the most naive way, are, are you in the mafia? You know? Like he's just, <laughs> like, yeah, like he's, like she, like he's just going to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. You I, know, look. I love, I love how he, I love how he kind of dances around it a little bit at first. He's like, I'm in waste management. And people assume right. when you're in waste, when you say you're in waste management, you're in the mob and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And, this gets touched upon throughout their entire relationship because seasons later in an episode, she says, listen to Mr. Mob Boss. And then he says, I don't understand what that means. Says, I'm sick and, sick and tired of telling people you help with environmental cleanup. You live in a mansion in the middle of Caldwell, New Jersey. I doubt anybody really actually what your mom does for a living. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, she actually dances around it. And then him wanting to gain her, her trust again, he lets her know some of my money comes from, you know, uh, strip clubs and gambling and drinking. But he doesn't tell her straight out, I'm in the mob. Mm -hmm. That's what I wrote yeah. down here. I wrote down, uh, Meadow asks Tony if he's in the mafia. He, quote unquote, kind of fesses up. Right. Kind of. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? To, from his perspective, when you think about it, the less she knows, the better for her anyway. Exactly. If if he got pulled in, if they get pulled over right now and they arrest him, she can be let go. You know what I mean? She she, she doesn't know anything about his business. But mm -hmm. if she knows everything and anything like Carmela does, well then she's an accessory after the fact. Right. So he's just protecting her. You know. But she lets Tony know in a respectful way that, you know, she doesn't mind that her dad does this. Uh, you know, oh, well, Big Tobacco does it. Lawyers do it. You know, they get their money from bad places. So it's okay. You know what I mean? It, it, it's yes. her way of letting her know, I'm okay with what you do. 
but I want to be in the loophole of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, again, uh, it, when you're doing things that you don't deem your children will find good, you're not going to out and out tell them what's going on. Exactly. You know, and then Tony goes and calls his girlfriend and she begins bitching, which we talked about in the last episode. He didn't exactly find another woman who was, you know, easygoing and calm. He found another psychopath. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and she's bitching huh? about nothing. She's not even really bitching about anything that means Yeah, anything. I mean, to the point where he just, I mean, he literally is just like, doesn't even care that he just hangs up on her. Like, I'm just, right. I don't even, you know, you can just keep talking to yourself because <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not listening anyway. Right. You know, he, he hangs up the phone. He goes back to Meadow. Or no, he, he calls, I'm sorry, he calls he Carmella, calls Carmella now, yeah. Which doesn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just keep piling on yourself, Tony. But it's almost like he felt in a, in a certain way, you know what, let me get all the bullshit out of the way now and not have to deal with it later on. Yes. So uh, she asks him how the college things are going. And then Tony notices... Someone who looks oddly familiar. Someone that he hasn't seen in maybe 20-some-odd years. And this is where the the episode takes that turn that I'm not happy with. Because we go from, Dad, are you in the mob? To, well, now Dad has to show you that he's in the mob. Now now Dad is definitely in the mob. (laughs) Right. You know. Because this this guy whom whom we whom the people that know him at this point in his life know him as Fred Peters, right? Not actually Fred Peters, right? He uh, he he squealed some key secrets, yes, about Tony's dad and Tony's uncle and the rest of the Soprano crew that should have gotten him whacked a long time ago. But he went into the witness protection program, so Tony begins chasing him down the road. Meadow is screaming, "What are you doing?" You know, we got to go, we got to turn to the college that I want to go to. We got to go here. We got to go there. So Tony got it from every woman possible. That yes, is. he did. His wife, his yes, daughter, and his girlfriend. And all he's trying to do is kill a rat. <laughs> some, some, yeah, something else that's going to lead to, and I want to mention it just because it's going to lead to a great joke here. Coming up. One of my, mm-hmm. probably my favorite, my favorite line in the show. Little line in this episode. But Tony right. calls Christopher and tells him to go to a payphone. Yep. And of course, it's pouring the rain. So Chris has to go in the pouring rain to get this call from Tony about Fred Peters. You know, he wants him to look into some shit, you know, and, and why don't you just whack the guy? Well, he I think he might be in witness protection. I don't know for sure if it's him, et cetera, et cetera. But I just wanted to cover that because there is something funny coming up in a little bit having to do with that. Right. So and then they get, oh, go ahead. they get to their hotel. He can't trail the guy anymore. He's trying to follow him the whole way, but he forgets he has Meadow with him. They get to their hotel, and like you said, he calls Christopher, and Christopher runs to the outside line. And then we get to Anthony Jr. and Carmella, who are home alone for the first time. So it's not just Tony and Meadow hanging out for the first time in their age, you know, as Meadows older and, you know, different. You have Anthony Jr. trying to take care of his sick mother at home. Yes. So, only their relationship doesn't go the same way, because Anthony Jr. just wants to go to his buddy and play video games. 
and Carmelo just wants to wait for the priest to come over. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and before before Archie and I were uh, started recording this episode, I did say I don't I don't necessarily have a ton of notes on the Carmela Father Phil storyline that's going on through this because I'm not not a fan. I guess. I mean, yeah. I understand. I understand as a plot device what the point is. You know, you've got Carmela thinks that her and and at times he is her husband is is kind of a non attentive husband. Obviously, he's got his business. He's got his 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 girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, she kind of sees this Father Phil guy as. I mean, obviously, she sees him as just a friend, but as somebody that's giving her attention. Right, but for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. See what the the hidden undertone of it is all is, and maybe you mentioned him knowing this as well. He liked the mob lifestyle, but he was a priest, so he wanted to use the mob lifestyle, but not being held responsible for it. Yes, he liked the food, he liked the TV, he liked the the fancy house, uh, he liked the women, but oh no, I'm just a priest. I would never do anything wrong to anybody, you know. Yeah, sort of a sheep in wolf's clothing. Mm-hmm. So, so then we see Tony talking to Christopher. The rain is coming. It is so sunny where Tony is, but yet so miserable and raining. You, you, you really—it's like, damn, this is New Jersey. Because this that's is the way it really does rain. Here. So this is you're talking about when he calls when they're when um, after Tony and Meadow are at the restaurant, right? After they get to the diner, yeah. Yes. He called the, Christopher and let him know who to look for. Yeah, and um they go Tony and Tony and Meadow have a little moment in the in the in a restaurant here. Right. Uh, and I wasn't trying to get ahead of your narrative. No, 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 not at all. I, I really like this scene with them because it's very dad daughter. Meadow um, really opens up. Yes, like, she really. actually admits she actually admits to to Tony about doing speed. And she says, right. you know, she tells him, I didn't like it. I'm not going to do it again. You know, and, and we all have had that mo- those moments with both daughters and sons, but with our yeah. kids where they where they finally think, all right, it's time to just let, you know, if you have a good kid that really loves you and trusts you, eventually they're going to tell you what has happened, you know, right. or what they've, they've done. They've had a drink or smoked a cigarette or in this case, yeah. they a drug that they shouldn't have been doing. And hell, in, the, in yeah. this scene, Tony even tells a dad joke. Right, <laughs> you know he's talking about right. how he like he liked history when he was in school, and he brings up Potsdam. Right, and you know, she's and like, she's like, what is that? And he goes, Potsdam, if I know. And I just, you know, I was like, ah, oh, Tony Soprano with the dad joke. All right, right, right. Before it was classified as a dad joke, <laughs> uh, you know. But the thing of it is, is she gets a little too comfortable in telling him certain things. Yeah. But again, like you said, it's what happens. Your kids let their car, their guard down, thinking, I might as well just come out and tell them, because if I'm going to get into trouble, I might as well get into trouble for it now while we're on, you know, even keel, a peaceful place, rather than where, when we're arguing and, you know, I get in bigger trouble. Yes. Yes. So, you know. But and, when- and this, was, this is what I liked about this episode, because they grew a lot closer than they had been in the first four episodes. Yeah, and I, I think that that's that's why there's there's a couple of reasons why I like this episode so much, and that's one of them is I think it is just it is just the because 
Tony and Meadow are two to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but they're two of the best characters in the whole run of the show. Yeah. Obviously, obviously Tony is, but low key Meadow's a really great character too. Yes. Um, yes. She, she grows abundantly through the whole series. Yes, and this is their first bond because they really have a strong bond throughout the show. Yes. Um, as much as Meadow has fallings out and stuff with her mom, she really is a daddy's girl at the end of the day. Yes, she is what they know what is known as is a mafia princess. You know, yeah. like Connie, Corne- Connie Corleone. Uh, you know, she when once her dad finally lets her in that she he is in the mob, she uses that to her advantage to get what she wants. Uh, and when she can't get what she wants, then she pushes buttons. Yeah, and does things <laughs> that he really doesn't like. So, you know, during so, this uh, during this whole segment is where I said my favorite line of the show. It's it's <laughs> it's a it's a subtle little joke, but I thought it was a funny joke because Chris and Tony talk again. You know, now now right. Tony's going to get whatever information Chris has gotten for him. Right. Now, Tony, like you said, is nice and dry on the phone where he's at. Right. And Chris is outside, and it's pouring. It's I think it's raining even harder than the first time they talked. Right, and it's but nighttime Tony, now. <laughs> yes, Tony. Tony says to him, "What do you got?" And Chris says, "Wet shoes." And I Wet fucking shoes. lost it. That's yep. a great. That was a great joke. It <laughs> was a perfect got? one-liner. He got <laughs> <Yeah>. wet shoes. <laughs> what do you got? Wet shoes. And Tony, being Tony, lets him know, "Hey, this is a part of the job." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you got to put up with. So. Yeah, so they find out that this is the guy that Tony was on it was. Uh, in but he's, they can't figure out, you mentioned it, it's the truth. Tony doesn't know, is he still in witness protection? Because as we all have seen in other mob movies and other things like that, you go into witness protection, but not for life. Right. After right. they get your, your statement and you go to court and you do everything you got to do, they pay you for however long you're going to pay you, and then they eventually say, okay, go live a normal life somewhere now. Yes, there's no more. There's no more police protection. There's no more. Right. Yeah. So Tony goes back to the restaurant where Meadow has met some friends, and very. Um, how do I put this? You mentioned in the last episode the cookie cutter cop. Mm-hmm. These were the cookie cutter college girls. Yes, yes. they were just. Straight to the point. Oh, we want to show her around. If she's gonna, you know, yeah, if she's gonna be here. Maybe we, you know, we're making friends with her now. Whatever. But in the meantime, the guy that Tony's trying to kill is checking out where he is, and Tony's trying to figure out where he, where this guy works and everything to figure out a point of access. So through yes. all of everything that's going on, men are trying to get to college. Tony and this rat are trying to figure out. Well, how do I get this guy alone to kill him? Yeah, they're playing cat and rat. Yes. Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> Another thing I wrote down, and I think I mentioned I mentioned in our last episode we talked about, you know, you see things in older TV shows and stuff and you think, "Wow, I can't believe, you know, like pagers and stuff." Tony right. and the phone book. Do you know when the last time I oh, used God. a phone book was? <laughs> one, I'm going to I'm going to take this to say 20 years ago. Maybe most sooner. likely, most likely. I mean, the from the minute I had a phone with Google on it, I've never right. used a phone book. Right, right. You, you know what's weird, Nate? Twenty years ago, before we had these kind of phones, a person would ask a question like, 
man, I wonder who that guy that was in the background of that movie or who sang that song. Yeah. They'd have to wait till they got home to go on the computer <laughs> or whatever to Google it or whatever. We ask these questions nowadays and we'll like sit there and talk about it, me and the wife or me and a friend. And then I realized like five minutes into the conversation, wait, I have a phone that can tell me what the answer to that question is. Exactly. Yes. You know, so yeah, there was no, there's no need for a phone book. There's no need for a map. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't even, to be perfectly honest with you, um, by the time I had to start driving around to where I needed directions, we at least had MapQuest on Yahoo. So I could at least on my computer... Yeah, we didn't have GPS, but we had MapQuest, so I could just print off the map. I don't know how my dad ever read one of those old maps. No, neither do I. Jesus. Neither do I. <laughs> and the weirdest thing, when someone would try to give you directions back in the day, it would be the stupidest of directions. My father still does this to me. So you're going to go down like two miles, and then when you come to the McDonald's with the light out, you're going to see this homeless <laughs> guy and make a left-hand turn where the homeless guy like, Dad, really? What are the odds that homeless guy? But here's the crack of me. I would always ask the question, what are the odds that homeless guy is going to be there? I'd get there, and sure enough, there'd be a homeless guy. (laughs) There's the homeless guy. (laughs) So he was never wrong, but I always thought they were the stupidest direction possible. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Tony allows Meadow to go with these college girls. He specifically says, no drinking. Yes. But he has an ulterior motive. He just wants to get her out of his hair for a little while. Right. He needs to figure out where this guy is, what he's doing. He tells her no drinking, though, after she just told him I did speed. And (laughs) then we we go back to Carmella and the priest. This is the only thing that pissed me off about the Carmella priest um, scenes. Her confession. You know what I mean? Yeah. Her, yeah. her, her bullshit tears about, and my husband's a murderer, and he's in the mob, and you know, well, he knows he's in the mob because he's a priest that has known him for twenty some odd years already. Yes, you know what I mean. He knows everything that's going on, but she, and she, she vents to this guy who just wants to sit there and eat her cookie and watch TV. Yeah, and and also the. The sheer audacity of her, and that comes across to me through a lot of the show. The run of the show is mm-hmm. like we. I think we discussed it on the first episode. She acts like she's so ashamed of what Tony does for a living, but she definitely doesn't mind living in that house and spending that money and right. having all those things that she has. It's just her hypocrisy right. knows no bounds. <laughs> exactly, she gets. She comes off as a holier than thou. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And look, I, if she would, I understand women spend money. You know what I mean? When when you have a husband who makes the kind of money Tony was making, okay, she she spent money. That's not my problem. But then when you want to bitch about if he's he kills people and he's in the mob and he has a girlfriend and well, where is this coming from? Well, just because he hasn't paid attention to me. Oh, so you're okay with him killing people and giving you all this money when he's paying attention to you? Right. But the minute he decides he's going to not pay attention to you for 10 minutes, he's a, he's a cold-hearted killer who doesn't love you. You know? So, yeah, her, her confession is a little BS to me. Mm-hmm. You know it I mean? is. It is. And, and, and I think, I and think also, the priest knows him. 
<laughs> also, her her him giving her communion is awkward. Yeah. It's an awkward scene. <laughs> it kind of looks like it's going to lead to sex. Yes. Which would have been sacrilegious. Um, but, yeah, I think they wanted that, too. I think they wanted to really gain a hatred for Carmella. And it worked. It, it really um, did work. Because I was sitting there going, man, I hope Tony kills her when he gets home. <laughs> I was, the same way I was rooting for Brandon to die, I'm kind of like, man, I hope Carmella dies again. when I first watched it. I hope she dies in the next couple episodes. <laughs> you know? she, sorry, sorry, Archie. She's going to make it. The whole way. The whole way. Um, one, one little thing that, and I mean, I know we're kind of skipping around on this one because we're going between the two stories, but also in the Carmella arc of this story, um, at one point, Dr. Melfi calls the house. Yes. And talks to Carmela. And Carmela, you know, of course, now we find out that Carmela now knows that Tony's psychiatrist is a female, which and he has been angry. hiding from her. And again, she becomes angry, just as angry as she was when Charmaine Bucco mentions that she slept with Tony 25 years ago. Yes. And it all becomes again, oh, well, he lied to me because he wants to sleep, or he is sleeping with his therapist. So, but meanwhile, she was just having sexual innuendos with her priest. Right. <laughs> so the hypocrisy is through the roof with this episode when it comes to Carmela. You know, the, 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 by far the rudeness of her on the phone, too, of, you know, could you get a pen to write down my number so you can call me? I left my pencil in his ass. Like what? Like why? You know what I mean? Why yes. are you coming off that brass? Right. It's not Melfi's fault. Right. You know, she didn't, know you it, didn't know this. Yeah, you're taking it out on this person that has no idea that you have a shady relationship with your husband. Well, I mean, she does, but you know what I mean. Right. Well, in Melfi's eyes, she thought they had a great relationship. She didn't know what was going on. Right. Because he painted himself as a, a perfect husband. You know, but... So, after the phone call, the almost sexual leading uh, <laughs> communion, we go to Meadow being drunk as a skunk, and Tony trying to get her into the room, and there is Fred Peters trying to kill Tony from the shadows, but then he gets a little bit of remorse because his daughter is there. Right. And he says, okay, I can wait till tomorrow. Yeah, fuck around and find out, Peters. Yeah. Now I'm not. Oh, look, I'm not. I'm not saying you should have killed Tony at that moment. No, because then the show would have been over. Right. But but from but, a, from a, from a character standpoint, he fucked up. Yeah. Big you should have taken. should have taken the shot, buddy. Or at least left town. Why? Yeah. Why'd you stick around? What? What? I know. I understand. You made a life there. You're Fred Peters now. You run a a travel agency. You know what I mean? Whatever. But what's keeping you there? He had no wife. He had no children there with him. Leave. You're yeah, found out. Skip town again. Or call the cops and go, hey, the guy I squealed on 20 years ago is here to kill me. You think he's going to put me back in witness protection? <laughs> Something. Something. But, you know. But, uh, yeah, Meadows having a throw-up fit in the, um, in the hotel. And Tony's again talking to Christopher. Poor Christopher was wet the whole episode. Yes. 
and he's trying to tell Tony, you know, I can be in Boston by tomorrow and I'll come and take care of it. And Tony's like, no, this is my fault. This is my thing. And this, what we come to find out is this rat was actually best friends with Tony's dad way back when. So when he flipped, it broke Johnny Soprano's heart. So Tony felt if he did this, he'd be putting his father in a good place. You know what I mean? Right. You know, redeeming his dad a little bit. So it's it's very personal for yeah. Tony. This situation, right. which which understandable. You know what I mean? What we don't know what this guy told the government when he did go become a you know become a rat. Um. So yeah, Tony tells Christopher to sit back and and wait. Don't worry about it. Um. We go back to Carmela and the priest who were sleeping on the couch together. Um, and yeah, this, see again, this is why this is not my favorite episode. If you would have just gave me one full hour of Tony and, and Meadow, I would have had no problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, we find out AJ's not coming home. He's gonna spend the night at his friend's house. Um, which in turn makes Carmela tell the priest to spend the night. Yes. Which makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From from a from a character stand again, she's just she's such a hypocrite, you know. No, like, she's, she's ridiculous. But I I am and I, I'm going to be honest, folks. I'm always honest. I am going to give her character a little bit of credit at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to give her a little <laughs> bit of credit. If you want to, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever agreed with Carmela Soprano in any of these episodes because every time it seemed seemed like Tony was having an extra special hard time, she added to it more. Oh, like, most definitely. Oh, oh, they're serving you with a Rico. Oh, let me tell you by the way that I'm that I need four thousand dollars to give to our child's school. So they could make sure that they get the right grades today. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> you know, ridiculous. I, I need to go to Venice. Why? Because if not, I'm going to leave you. At that point, leave. You're leaving yeah. anyway. You're going to Venice. Here's some extra money. Don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Stay there. So Tony now drops Meadow off to the other college, her last one of the day. Um. She's hungover as could be, which, of course, makes sense. And the rat, Fred Peters, or Fa- I believe is a Fabian? Fabian, yeah. Fabian, Fabian, Fabian or something Yeah, so like I that. was going to say, so Fa- I, I wrote down Fabian P. I don't, I don't yeah. remember what the last name yeah. was. but Right. Now, look at, the, look at the bad job of the witness protection program police officers. You FP, were Fabian yeah. P? We're going to make you Fred Peters. Fred Why? Peters. Why? <laughs> the most basic Caucasian name with your right. initials that we can think of. John Smith would have been too good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we um, Tony is now going to look for the rat because he's got some time away from Meadow. Um, the priest is very apologetic for even thinking of spending a night and, you know, being there all night long. Uh, they're now worried that someone might have saw the car. Uh, because he spent, you know, he slept over. But I mean, you've seen, you've seen their house in the pull-up of the show, the beginning. The only people would have saw their car is the, the neighbors, right? You know what I mean? It's not like Tony and his crew live next door. Yeah. Like Paul, he's gonna come back and go. Is that the priest car? No. <laughs> you know, 
So, yeah, we uh, we get all the apologies, and you know we've done nothing wrong, and that's fine. And then we go to the, the one of the main stories of the rat finally coming into contact with Tony Soprano. And you get your line, "Good morning, rat." <laughs> yep. Yep. Now he's trying to hire a couple of drug addicts to go and kill Tony. Yeah. They want no part of it when they find out who he is, which I guess Tony Soprano held weight in Maine, which I guess is good. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, they they leave. And like you said, you get the line, good morning, Rad. And a battle ensues, I guess. He's trying to make peace with Tony. He's like, I could have killed you last night. But your daughter was there, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to hurt her, and I didn't want to do anything, and I, that wasn't going to make Tony stop. Nope, not at all. If anything, it made it worse because oh, you, you saw my daughter. Right. Yeah. Now, you know oh, I mean? now you really can't be left alive. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> just a just a little trivia item that I had pulled, and I wanted to wait to I wanted to wait till we actually got to this um, scene before I I said it. Mm-hmm. HBO executives were initially opposed to Tony Soprano murdering someone because they felt that it would make him an unlikable character. Producer producer David Chase convinced them that the audience understood that Tony is a mobster with his own sense of ethics. To me, that tells you how out of touch executives are because why why would anyone think... That any of us who want to watch a show about the mob be be find a character unlikable for killing someone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, look, if he wouldn't have killed anybody, my thought would have been that's because he can't even get his hands dirty. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, He's not mad exactly. enough to kill anybody. You know what I mean? So yeah, I had to look, I'm not saying I condone murder in any way. But you almost had to see him kill somebody to see what kind of vicious son of a bitch he really was. Exactly. You know, so yeah, without him killing, whether it was this guy or anybody on the show, without him doing this, he would have just been a guy. He wouldn't have mm-hmm. actually been a mob boss. He wouldn't have been anything. He would have just been some guy going to see a therapist. Right. So, uh, yeah, he, um, the thing that makes it extra vicious in my opinion was he didn't even he didn't shoot the guy he strangled him to death with a bungee cord yes yes he wanted he wanted him he wanted him to die and die slow and know who did it exactly exactly so he murders the rat this 20 year old rat uh who's pleading he's like you know please i could have killed you your daughter you know and Tony literally tells him, you should have just shot me at the motel. You should have <laughs> done it if you if you were smart, which, yeah, you should have. You had two options, kill me or leave. Why you stuck around is beyond me. We like just right. it. You know, so, okay, kills him. And I, I, I actually, because I, in my notes, I, I thought it was a bungee cord. It was actually, it looked like, you know those old radio wires? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, were, they were these old wires, and, and it screws up his hand. Which when he picks oh, you, up metal, yeah, like the, he notices, like, what, um, speaker wire. Yeah, like speaker wire. Yeah. So, kills him. It's done. Goes back to pick up his daughter. 
who notices, Dad, what's wrong with your hand? Did you see that guy from the motel last night? She's yeah. putting all the pieces together. Yes, Meta- she is. She knows everything going on. I'm, I'm sorry, Tony. Your daughter's not stupid. Right. Right. So, yeah, he picks up Meadow. They, he, he hashes out some details or whatever. He's like, you were drunk. You didn't know what went on last night. You know what I mean? You were throwing up. Well, no, you were on the phone all night. No, you you, you thought I was on the phone, but I, you were drunk. I was sleeping. <laughs> and then they give a call back to the ducks because he sees a, a, a flying V of ducks in the air. Yes. And then he goes home. And Carmilla, in my opinion, does the stupidest thing ever. Tells him the priest slept over. Why would you tell him? Yeah, I think that who's gonna know? And it, right, and I think that um, I think that, and this this is where I said I was gonna I was gonna give. They have this little they have this little exchange at the end of the show, which right. again, we see these things between Carm and Tony where you can see the tension, the sarcasm in their relationship. Right. Um, I guess I, I, sa- I said earlier I was going to give her credit. I wasn't so much going to give her credit as I was going to give her credit for... <laughs> Here's the spoiler. I was going to give her credit for being manipulative. And here's right. why I say that. Here's why I think that she told him that the priest stayed over. I know exactly what you're going to say. Because then when she told him your therapist called and then right. the 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 Tony could say, well, I didn't want you to get upset because she's a fiend, blah, blah, blah. That way Carm right. can have, can say, well, I was honest with you about the priest. Right. You know, so in a, essentially... Right. I'm giving her credit for being manipulative because she's she's essentially if, if if the therapist thing wouldn't have happened and she wouldn't have wanted to have something to throw in his face, she probably never would have told him. I agree. I agree. She used it as a chess move. Yes. I'm going to be as honest as I can with you, but I'm going to turn around and I'm going to throw this in your face, too, because I know at the end of the day. You're gonna stutter and stammer and tell me why you didn't tell me about it. Mm-hmm. So, and he does. You know, he sits there and well, I didn't want you to think that I was, you know, was sexual, and I didn't want you know, didn't want you to think this. And you know, in my opinion, I don't think he he. I, I think the reason he didn't want anybody to know it was a woman. I said this in the first episode. He thought people would think little of him. Right. Oh, you're yes. listening to a woman. It had nothing to do with the sexual innu- innuendo of it. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, she storms off again, as she does in almost every episode. <laughs> it, you get a mix. You either get Tony quitting um, therapy to end an episode, or Carmela storming off in an angry huff. Right. That's the ending of, of every episode for the first season. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in my opinion, I, I get that it was number two on the top 100 in 99. I'd give this episode a 3.5 out of out of five, three and a half. And it's only because they, again, you give me an hour of Tony and Meadow, it's a five. You give me mm-hmm. a little, you know, 45 minutes of Tony and Meadow, 
and then 15 minutes of the, the rat storyline, it's still a five. But when you add in Carmella and the Priest, now you're looking to take me on this ride, this winding road of a ride, and I'm getting a little pissed off. Right. Because right. we know what happens with we, we eventually know what happens with the priest storyline. Uh, you know, how that ends. And we know what happens with the metal going to college storyline too. You know yes. what I mean? When we get to the bigger picture of it, it's like the pre storyline didn't even really need to happen right now. But wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I give I give the episode a four and a half out of five, but I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. Um, I just think that for me, excuse me, the reason that I give it a higher score than you, and again, I see your point totally, and right. everything is subjective anyway. But I think the right. reason that I that I score it higher is I really I think the I think the writing in this episode is superb. Oh, and, I agree. And and I also think that it is I mean, I know we've seen Tony, you know, staple Mikey or whatever. Right. But for him that was more fun than anything. I think that this oh, yeah. thing this thing with the rat, this is the first time we've seen that big violent tony soprano i agree you know so it was the introduction to that that aspect of his character as well and it's so it's so fun to watch the juxtaposition of the big violent tony with the big teddy bear dad tony you know because he she meadow tells him about the speed and he kind of lets it go meadow gets fucking hammered and he kind of lets it go you know because he's just you know it's my kid the kids are kids, teens are teens. Um, so yeah, and I mean, well, I think I think it's a great episode for the Tony Soprano character, which I think oh, is yeah. why I get I give it a four and a half. No, no, I I agree with you on all fronts. I honestly think though, he let her get away with so much, and by by her I mean Meadow, um, because you know we said Carmela used the time to tell him about the priest because he knew what was happening. He she knew what he, she was going to tell him about his therapist. Right. He let he let Meadow get away with so much because he knew what he was about to be doing. Yes. He yes. knew he was about to murder somebody. So he thought if in any way she finds out or gets wise or anything like that, he can always tell her, Look, I know your secret about the speed and about you getting drunk the other night. You know I killed somebody. Let's squash it and just go about our day. Yes. You know let's, just go, let's just let's just go home and have some have some uh <laughs> right. Which there's no more. That might have been the funniest, dumbest thing ever. That's how she ends up telling him the priest spent the night. He goes into the into the fridge expecting an entire tray of ziti and it's yeah. all gone. <laughs> and I'd when be, he asks I'd her, be pissed I mean, too, by the way. Right? Oh, there's nothing worse than being on a road trip or a long day at work. And you say to yourself in the back of your head, I'm going home to eat that food that I didn't eat last night or the night yes. before. Yes. And you get home and either somebody threw it away or somebody ate it. Mm-hmm. And you're not mad that anybody ate it, but you're just like, wow, it's all you're gone. Disappoint- you're disappointed you didn't get to eat it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Without a doubt. That's how um, I am with that's how I am with my with uh that's how I am with my wife's fried chicken. Because she makes fantastic fried chicken, and I love cold fried chicken. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. So if I if I come if I come home the next day and there's not a few pieces, if I come home from work the next day or whatever and there's not a few pieces of the cold fried chicken left in the fridge for me, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. You're not mad. You're just at all. You, no. You know? I want <laughs> Yes, I wanted some more of that chicken. Right. And then when they tell it gets worse when they tell you it got thrown away because yeah. now you're like, "Why did you waste it? I was definitely going to eat it." Yeah, it was gonna. It was got. It was going bad. You know what? Going bad for you and going bad for me are two completely different things. Yep. We were uh, we were talking about something the other night. Oh, we went to go get Chinese food, mm -hmm. and my wife was like, "You know, it's a pity that the place is like thirty minutes away from the house that we go to because we got to bring it home, and it gets cold and whatnot." And I said, "Yeah, but I like cold Chinese food." And she said, "No, you like all food cold." And I said, "No, I, I, I you know, I made an argument. I'm like, no, I don't." And then I started rattling off things that I like cold. I'm like, I like Chinese food cold. I like cold pizza. I'm like, I like cold fried chicken. You know, a, a diner cheeseburger that's been sitting around for an hour and with some french fries, I like. And now I just looked at it and went, okay, I like everything cold. You're right. <laughs> I, I, guess you're, I guess you're fucking right. <laughs> so. But you know well, what? You let the sleep, You let the priest sleep over last night, so right. shut up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this is, I guess, why I take that part so hard. My family and my upbringing, we were never close enough to a priest or a pastor to have them over for, like, dinner. Mm -hmm. So I guess I find it just weird that the priest would just pop in at weird times and be like, hey, I'm hungry and want to watch a DVD. Right. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. You know, there's a, there's a line you draw in the sand between certain people. Your priest, a teacher... Your butcher, you know, you're not yes. just inviting over random people to your home. <laughs> so, you know, that's the way I look at it. Maybe Tony Soprano and his family think differently. I don't know. So, but Nate, do you have any uh, closing statements about the episode? No, I think I made every statement I wanted to make. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for once again joining us. And we implore you to. Right on the Facebook page at WNR uh, or email Nate at the Soprano Cast. Uh, go ahead, tell them the email in Nate. It is the Soprano Cast at gmail.com. Right. Or uh, send us a DM or however you want to contact us. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, let us know what you think of the Sopranos, obviously. Uh, you know, any favorites. Again, anything we might be missing that might be a hidden gem that you laugh at or you think we might find funny. Um, one snippet that I love about The Sopranos is when they add, like, new little um, new little characters and you try to remember who those characters were in other mob movies or other mob yes. TV shows. Like, the, the rat that Tony kills was in Goodfellas and Bronxdale as well. Yeah, I recognized him from Goodfellas. I forgot he was in Bronxdale. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Carmine, the guy who runs New York on The Sopranos, again, was in Goodfellas Casino and Bronxdale. So yeah. these guys were lifetime, even though they might not have been in the mob, they were lifetime mobsters. Mm -hmm. It's all they knew how to play. Right. <laughs> and half of them usually end up getting killed by Joe Pesci or Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so The Sopranos gave them a chance to actually have dialogue. And a character. <laughs> you know? So, but yes, we want to thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, and, um, you know, continue letting us know what you think. 
And we will see you next week for episode six right here on the Soprano Cast.